Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. We are excited to be here today. We have a very uh, special guest with us. Been with us many times before, talking about a very important subject. Before we go to our guests, I'd like to say hello to my co-host, Lou Weiss. Lou, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm just waiting for the hurricane to hit. <laughs> Sooner <laughs> we, or later, it's going to visit us. we got about four days of rain coming, so uh, <laughs> we'll see how that uh, plays out. It should be here shortly. And now let's go to our guest, uh, Brad Holcomb, who is committee chair for the Institute of Supply Management's Manufacturing Report on Business, who's bringing us the the detail behind the ISM or the PMI number, which everyone uh, hangs on to find out uh, what the number is, but not everyone goes into the level of detail that uh, we like Brad to do. Brad, welcome back to the show. Uh, Thanks very much, Tim and Lou. It's always good to be with you and your audience. We appreciate having you here, and why don't you uh, just jump right into the report, Brad, and let's start walking through it. A lot of great information here. Yes. Well, the PMI is uh, is above 50 for the 33rd consecutive month, but just barely at 50.2, down almost a percentage point, and actually a new low for the year, and it's the lowest level since May of 2013. So we're definitely at a soft point, but still growing. And if we look at uh, just briefly the five indicators that go into the PMI, new orders is also off. In fact, they all are really. But um, the next four are above 50, starting with new orders at 50.1, down 1.6 percentage point. Production at 51.8. Uh, off uh, nearly two points, employment at 50.5, down seven-tenths of a point, supplier deliveries at 50.2, down a half a point. But you'll notice all four of those are still above 50. The fifth one is raw materials inventories, which uh, stayed the same as last month at 48.5, contracting for the third consecutive month but still in a very nice range for managing raw materials inventories. So on an overall basis, um, you have to consider that this is, um, you know, a relatively uh, slowed uh, month compared to to August and and for the year, but we remain in growth territory. And we'll go into some of the details and the whys and wherefores as we go along this afternoon. What are your respondents saying, Brad? Yeah, the comments this month are are more on the side of, let's say, concern and uncertainty. Let, let me pick out a few. Uh, one from the transportation equipment, which includes uh, aircraft, autos, trucks, uh, and the like. The comment is overall business is slowing, Consumers are nervous, not sure what is coming next. And I sort of underline that last piece, not sure what's coming next, because I think there's a lot of, you know, news and, and, and sound bites out there. And, for example, 
there's concerns about you know what the Fed is doing, when it will do something, if they'll do something. They sort of keep us guessing, and and when we're left guessing, we truly don't know what's coming next or when it's coming, or which direction things are going. Uh, in addition, you know China uh, is worrisome, and there's there's comments that that reflect uh, that that specific uh, aspect. And, you know, all in all, um, here's, here's another one which, which I like from the electrical equipment appliances a component. Sales revenues and profitability improving slowly, getting close to 2015 budget and sales plan, but not seeing consistent trends up or down. So that fits the theme that, that I've mentioned of uncertainty and not knowing which direction things are going. And, and I'll try to uh, expand on all of that and provide some perspective in a, in a few minutes. Okay. But it's, it's, um, you know, it's a set of comments that we pick out that sort of represent the, the several hundred that we get. And uh, again, it leans in the direction of um, a little bit of, of caution and, uh, and uncertainty. There, there are exceptions, uh, furniture and related products, which of course relates to housing and construction, businesses picking up. Um, and uh, then there's comments about the impact of low crude and, and gas prices that's hitting the petroleum and coal products uh, still and has been, I think, all year. So revenues and profitability in that industry continue to be impacted. Um, but as we've mentioned several times, uh, low crude prices, uh, it helps the rest of our uh, 17 categories or industries by um, lowering the price of raw materials and, and inputs and also lowering the cost of uh, operating manufacturing facilities. Anything new, unusual going on with uh, commodities, Brad? In your report? Well, it's it's really it's really more more of the same. I mean, if you look at at prices, uh, our prices index, it's at thirty eight point zero, down another percentage point from last month. And prices of raw materials and commodities have been decreasing for 11 consecutive months. You know, this is just in my in my era or time frame unprecedented, and once again driven driven by oil. If if you go to the specific list of commodities up in price, down in price, and in short supply, uh, starting with commodities in short supply, there aren't any. Uh, next, commodities down in price. It's a continuation of what I've alluded to, the plastics, the resins, uh, oil itself, and then uh, all of the, the metals, aluminum, steel, stainless steel, nickel, that take a lot of energy. Um, but if I quickly then glance up at commodities up in price and your listeners can can follow this report on uh, our website we see that aluminum and steel 
while they were listed down in price, are also listed up in price. And this could could represent an inflection point where um, the, the the amount of uh, months, number of months that will come down in price is coming to an end. Uh, at least in some areas, it's going back up. And that's a signal for buyers to, to take note in these cases where things are listed both up and down in price could represent inflection points and opportunities uh, for buying and selling. Uh, Brad, I'd like to just interject for a moment. Uh, as you know, we're, we have a manufacturing uh, facility. And um, fortunately for us, uh, new orders and backlog for us, we've kind of concentrated over the years of developing long-term agreements and so on. So we're not really as affected by some of the numbers that you're reflecting here. That yeah, said, uh, yeah, very. That said, I'm hearing from the trade, uh, the forging industry, the steel producers, and such, that there's a lot of layoffs going on, a lot of cutbacks, a lot of forge shops are uh, even getting rid of salespeople, which I don't quite understand yeah. how that works. But industry-wide, there seems to be um, either panic or they're heading to the edge of the cliff and they're all going over with the, with the herd. Uh, are, right. are you hearing anything uh, in, in the same vein as uh, what I just uh, laid out? Well, if we look at the report specifically for, for indicators there, um, in, the, in the page one and, and the top of page two, we list the industries that are either going up in terms of the PMI overall or down. And right. we've got seven reporting growth and 11 reporting contraction. So that's, that's really a, not, a, not a favorable balance, seven up and 11 down. Correct. And in the in the 11 industries reporting contraction, the first one that we list, which we list them in the order of most decline to least decline, primary metals is um, the most declining on an overall PMI basis. And if you go down that list of 11, uh, about halfway, you'll find fabricated metal products as well. Which, which really surprised me, particularly when you hear about autos uh, doing so well. And when you think of autos, you think of a lot of a lot of steel, a lot of metal. Uh, but that's not the only industry that that consumes those those commodities. Well, now, in, in the same, go ahead. Just just one comment. It's interesting because we deal with a lot of companies in the fabricated metal section, and. Uh, what we're hearing directly is we have the order to place. The customer hasn't given us the release. And yeah. I, I, I would say there's probably 30 40% of the day-to-day -day activity that comes in is what we're hearing. So the contract has been let, but they're not giving them release yeah. to go and actually start making purchases. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it, it makes it sound as though that there are people sitting on the sidelines saying, mm, uh, what, what's happening next, which is what you said before. Well, th that's exactly what I said. And I, I'm looking at another specific comment in our list of 10. This one happens to be from the non-metallic mineral, mineral products, but it's, it's right along those lines. 
The orders from customers seem to be slowing a bit from the first part of the year. We have promises, but not actual purchase order numbers. Correct. Uh, and uh, so people are kind of hanging on, and you know that goes for consumers as well. They're they're keeping their hands in their pockets. Um, but um, let me just finish a couple other comments on our manufacturing at a glance, and then I want to go to a longer-term PMI chart and and provide some some perspective and some hope that the sky is not falling. Could okay. bring just to hear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, another not so favorable number on the chart is customer inventories at 54.5. This is in the wrong direction. It means that customer inventories of finished goods are too high. And in fact, that's the highest number we've seen since, excuse me, January of 2009. So um, there's, there's no propensity for immediate restocking, that being the case. Um, Backlog of orders has has declined by five percentage points to 41.5. Uh, 41 is is the lowest number we've seen in the last several years. So this is close to a low in that regard. And the reason is it's a it's a direct uh, uh, effect of of not having enough new orders and production needing to to go into the backlog. And then finally, uh, exports at 46.5, staying even in the contracting zone from last month. Uh, that tells us that the export of finished goods abroad uh, is uh, is continuing to, to go down. And the two things that I think are impacting that directly is the high price of the dollar, which we've been talking about and is persistent and then China um, situation where their economy seems to, you know, be uh, moving in the wrong direction or not expanding to the degree that uh, was was planned for and hoped for. So that sort of finishes off the chart, and the and the you know conclusion of the chart is that we're at a pretty soft uh, patch in the road here, a low point for the year and the low point for the last last couple of years. Just as a, a side point, um, I, I think this is a correct number. Uh, the China PMI number at 47.1. Right. Uh, you know, if their numbers are correct and honest, uh, that's really quite incredible. Uh, you know, actually, there are two numbers. Um, the, the China government number is 49.8, up a tenth of a point, and that focuses, so I understand, on the larger companies. Um, the, the other one uh, put out by Market and a, a company called Market and a, a partner is, I think it's 47.2, down a point, or something like that, and a three-year right. low. So, um, yeah, it's uh, e either way you go, it signals, you know, softness there, and I think a continuation of what we've been seeing in terms of a trend, um, and that 
that's a concern. We'll have to watch it and see what actions uh, are taken to to prop up that uh, that economy, that manufacturing economy. Maybe to bring some people off in off the ledge. I know noticing your report, it says a PMI in excess of 43.1 percent over a period of time generally indicates expansion in the overall economy. Can you explain that right. a bit? It, it seems like such right. a low number. Yes. Well, we do a, a correlation study and a seasonalization study. It goes hand-in-hand hand every January uh, to go back over, you know, a four- to seven-year time period and attempt to take out all of the seasonal impacts like, you know, summer vacations and holiday time and, and you know, and weather and, and things like that, such that, you know, at, at the end of the day with a seasonalized series, one month should look like any other month, so you can kind of make sense of it. Uh, at the same time, we develop the sort of the crossover points and correlations with certain government uh, statistics, you know, including uh, GDP overall. And the um, the, the factor uh, which correlates the PMI to GDP is that anything in our PMI above 43.1 generally indicates an expansion in the overall economy, i.e. GDP. It's just the way the statistics uh, uh, come out. Um, And and also uh, along those same lines, further in this paragraph, uh, we look at 50.2 PMI for September that corresponds to an annualized 2.2% increase in real GDP. Okay. So just okay. to kind of connect some dots here, you know, 50.2 represents a 2.2% increase. And that number that we mentioned in the first sentence, 43.1, that would represent a 0% increase. Uh-huh. So again, okay. we're, we're well, well above that. Good. Uh, and we, we we also hope some are off the ledge by now, and we'll pull <laughs> more off in a minute. I'll be back the, in a minute. The, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> January through September is 52.2 average. That corresponds to a 2.9 percent increase in real gross domestic product. So so let me talk about what I've what I've hinted. At here, I'm looking at the PMI chart, a graphical uh, line chart, since you know January 2001, and and right in the middle of that is this nasty recession in 2008. And um, what I want to look at specifically is when the, the recovery started in the approximately July 2009. Um, where we started to come up big time and we hit 49.9. And what has proceeded since then, since July of 2009, the the shape is similar to the two humps of a camel's back. The first hump, um, you know, going up, peaking, and then coming down, again, started in July 2009, Um, At the peaks, it hit almost 60, and then when it came down, it actually crossed over, uh, or under, I should say, the 50 mark, 
and hit 48.9 in November 2012. So, so that's the first hump. Okay. But then it rebounded and started to go back up, climbing the mountain and um, creating that second hump of, of the camel's back, reaching a high of 58.1 in August of 2014. But now we're on the downside of, of that hump, uh, as we've talked, at 50.2. My, my point being is that we've already seen this pattern uh, since you know, the recovery has started. That crossover point in November 2012, you know, dipped down, big concern. Where are we going from here? Is it going to continue to go down? No, it went back up. And the same certainly could be true in this case where, you know, hopefully we create the third hump of a strange-looking camel's back. And um, so, so, so with that perspective, let's maybe think a little bit about the fourth quarter as we start, you know, today, day one of the fourth quarter. What's ahead of us is consumer electronics, you know, companies like Apple and Samsung and all the rest um, present their new product lineups and, you know, present and sale new products. That happens to be the largest of the 18 industries that we follow, representing over 15% of manufacturing uh, GDP in the United States. So a lot of excitement about new products. The other thing that comes to mind um, is, the, you know, the holidays coming up where, uh, you know, people go out shopping and, you know, there's also pent-up demand uh, that that hopefully will, will come into play. And in addition, if we look at the, the numbers uh, posted around consumer confidence, you know, that index, uh, in the news, it jumped up quite nicely in August, and again in September uh, improved. So, I think the consumer confidence piece is moving in the right direction, so that people hopefully, you know, follow that confidence with their footsteps and pocketbooks, and um, you know, go back to the malls and the stores. Right. So right. all is not lost. I don't happen to be a sky is falling kind of guy. Um, I don't see any reason why, you know, history can't repeat itself when we rebound once again, because I think we've, you know, we've emotionally had enough of this downdraft, and it, it's time to to move forward. Let me just interject, uh, Brad. There are certain things that are going on right now in the economy, uh, and, and I don't want to start getting political, but with the Closer, closing of uh, XM Bank, uh, GE came out within the last two weeks, announcements of three divisions that are being moved, two of them to England and one to Canada. Uh, Boeing has uh, uh, moved uh, an assembly plant to China for the Chinese purchase of 300 aircraft. So there's, there's right. a lot, and I, and I believe that Caterpillar also has moved one of their divisions offshore, and all of it having to do with uh, XM Bank financing not being available. Um, we've lost a lot of jobs 
uh, as a result of this. And, you know, once they open up, uh, like the, uh, the GE plant that moved to Canada, it's a $265 million plant, um, those, those jobs aren't coming back. And mm-hmm. the aircraft division that moved to England, there were two of those, they're not coming back. So yeah. um, my concern is a lot of this is very permanent. Um, do, do you have any sense of that? I know you don't like forecasting, but I'll just throw it well, out on a humanistic aspect. Yeah, um, you know those those are real situations that I think are, you know, have been ongoing. Um, you know, outsourcing over the past decade or so, and it seemed to have slowed down in terms of a direction for a while. And you cited some examples where they're. You know they're they're moving in that direction again. Uh, right. what, what I don't what I don't know is you know the the particular detailed rationale. But we are in obviously a global economy, and you have to go where you know your 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 profitability and your balance sheets and so on you know come out come out the best and get closest to to the customer. In the case of you know moving a a plant to, to China to build aircraft. That's kind of a normal thing if the if the customer is there uh, with that size of an order. You know, it's sort of like Walmart in, in Bentonville. All the suppliers, uh, you know, put up bricks and mortars in that particular area uh, sure. to supply their 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 customer. So I, I and I don't have the list of of companies that and businesses that are coming back to the United States. We hear about that as well. Sure. Um, and so we 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 have to remain, you know, competitive. And I think on the whole, you know, the the U.S. and manufacturing in particular has has demonstrated its, you know, its prowess, its robustness. Uh, for that in in the eyes of the world but it's always you know we're not the only competitor in town we have to stay lean and mean and and really really good Brad and uh, why don't we look at some of the uh, sub indices of your report I know that uh, everyone looks also beyond the PMI to the new orders Uh, why don't we start uh, give our listeners what kind of a feel what's going on in some of these sub indices yeah yeah well, new orders is, is always uh, maybe the first most interesting <clears throat> one to look at, and we've already talked about the, the number being at 50.1, just a tick above that dividing line of 50. If we look in detail at the, the list of industries, um, there are seven, I think we mentioned this briefly, seven going up and, and nine going down. It's it's roughly the same as the PMI overall, but the seven industries reporting growth in September are printing and related support activities, textile mills. Neither one of those is very large. Furniture and related products, um, important but not huge. The next one, food, beverage, and tobacco products, is quite large. I think it's our third largest. Uh, um, area or category, and then plastic and rubber products, chemical products, which is very very large, and miscellaneous, which is sizable as well. 
So you've got seven, kind of a mix of, of smaller and, and larger, um, and sort of cuts across different uh, different flavors of industries. Uh, then on the list of nine industries reporting a decrease in September, uh, apparel, which I think is a very small, possibly our smallest industry, primary metals, which we talked about, uh, wood products, transportation equipment, uh, which is, you know, disappointing and surprising to, to be on the declining list, you know, in view of uh, good news in, in autos, and that keeps charging away, but there's also aircraft, uh, trucks, et cetera. Then uh, an obvious one on the list is petroleum and coal products, and then uh, non-metallic mineral products, machinery, fabricated metal products, and electrical equipment and appliances. So it's it's a little hard to, to make sense of these lists in, in detail. It's sort of a mix of, of up and down. Um, but what we can clearly see is that you know, it's not a nice it's not a nice uh, uh, balance of of up and down, and it's it's something that we haven't really seen in my in my memory in a while, where there's more that are going down than than going up. And as I said, new orders kind of drives this whole system, so we need to to reverse course there. Um, by by considering the things that I mentioned about the fourth quarter. And uh, do you see the same thing in the production? Yeah, production is a is a little bit different animal. Uh, we see nine industries reporting growth, and seven reporting a decline. So it's exact reverse in terms of the broad numbers of of new orders. And, you know, production aligns, you know, fairly closely with, with new orders. But it, I think we've already mentioned that because of the lack of robust level of new orders, they've eaten into the backlog. So it's sort of decoupled uh, in that sense. And um, when, when you look at the list, it's going to be, you know, a little bit different, obviously. You know, Lou was just talking about some of these uh, changes in factory locations for some of the uh, OEMs, the big primes. Uh, Are we seeing some of that reflected in employment figures, Brad? You know, I I, I can't really tease that out specifically, but I I really don't think so. I mean, employment at 50.5, you know, we've, we've had... You know, a pretty good run-up of uh, improving employment situation in manufacturing and and overall, and you know we're in the five percentage uh, plus area uh, on an overall basis of of unemployed. Um, so this can't keep going up, 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 and to be at 50.5 to me is 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 no surprise. Uh, I think we we have a good level of employment um, and let's let's also keep in mind this is not you know necessarily in, in full context here but manufacturing is about you know 11 or 12% of gdp in the us 
and non-manufacturing or services is the balance. And so that's where you'll see uh, greater levels of employment and, and higher numbers as, as well in terms of uh, our index at, at this point in time. And, of but, course, Tony, uh, my colleague, will be reporting in a, in a couple of days. I think that means Monday in this case. Okay. And I, I guess, I'm guessing that supplier deliveries are keeping up at this point. Well, they, they are. Um, and, you know, we talked about, you know, why, why things, uh, you know, were impacted, the West Coast port situation, which is cleared up. I think supplier deliveries is, you know, is, is slowing, but it's slowing at a slower rate uh, right now. It's slowing for two consecutive months. So that we like to see it above 50 uh, and generally suggest that suppliers are having a hard time uh, keeping up uh, in a, you know, in a strong manufacturing environment, which which is this is not particularly strong, but it still feels better to have supplier deliveries, um, you know, slowing rather than rather than going too fast. Mm-hmm. And why don't you just give us kind of a brief on inventories and customer inventories? We touched on that a little yep. bit earlier. But. Yeah. Well, again, the, the inventories of raw materials is is even with last month at 48.5 contracting you know as everybody uh, you know i think in the audience knows there's a lot of uh, horsepower and resources and and tools associated with managing inventories because of you know the cost of, of doing that so um, you know it's going to be up and down around the 50 mark uh, by a couple of points and and anywhere in that range is is good and to be below 50 right now in a situation where you know the PMI itself is is hovering around 50 is is pretty smart um, on the other hand and we did touch on this briefly customer inventories representing finished goods is at a high mark for the last several years indicating that there's more product on the shelf than than they would like. Um, it's crept up on them due to, to lack of, of demand uh, from the end user. And, you know, we can only hope that, uh, that that gets resolved through, you know, consumer uh, and customer activity. Uh, Brad, uh, before we uh, come to a close here today, uh, we know you're, you've been on a, on a gerbil mill today with all the uh, interviews that you've been doing. Um, and and I, I, I can't resist myself. I have to throw my usual question out at you. Um, how are you, or do you see a significant change coming into first quarter next year? This well, is I'm like sorry, but I think we're out of time, Lou. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I, I I don't know, you know. I I can only, you know, hope and trust uh, that that our leaders and you uh, know, the trouble. world continues to move in in the right direction, and that we we listen to the fundamentals as opposed to the noise. 
and and get back to our our good ways of of supporting the economy, which means you and me and and all of your listeners as, as well. It takes all of us to to keep this economy going. Uh, so let's go do that. Well, Brad, we certainly appreciate having you on the show and going into the depth of this report. I do encourage our listeners to go to uh, instituteforsupplymanagement.org, and if you'll look on that website, uh, you will find this report. You can read it for yourself and go into some real uh, depth on it. Uh, Brad, thanks for joining us again today. Always my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, and have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.